five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Energy Podcast, we are back. How are you doing, Barry? I'm doing very well, Ross. How are you, man? I'm doing phenomenal. So, Barry. Hold on. How are you doing phenomenal, man? I just um, uh, just completed gym training session. Always feel good after getting a pump on. Um, at the Ireland game on Saturday, they won. They did Li- Life is good, bud. Life is good. It is, man. It is, man. No complaints. So, if you are new to the Energize podcast... Welcome. And if you're a returning Energize listener... Welcome back. So, Barry, tell us what is going down on today's show. Okay. Well, just before we kick off today's show, myself and Ross are still doing November. Still doing it. Still doing it. I'm rocking some sort of uh, ginger... Uh, goatee thing and uh, Ross is rocking uh, the Hulk Hogan uh, the Hulk Hogan <laughs> brother yeah brother what are you gonna do when Movember runs wild on you what, what would you say Roscoe Mania yeah Roscoe Mo Mania <laughs> Mo Mania bleeding the handlebars I actually think someone got, turned to me the other day and work and goes to me and goes you look like a homosexual trucker I was like thanks man you're like, that. you're like, that's the look I'm going for. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, <laughs> a, that's the thing with Movember. It's not meant to be like... You're not, cool meant to look, yeah, you're not meant to like make yourself look extra sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to look like something off a wanted poster. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. yeah. But uh, everyone who's donated so far, thank you very much. We've gone over 300 euro and our goal is to reach 1,000 euro for mental health awareness. Uh, you, as you've heard before, if you're new to the show, we, like, we're huge advocates to, towards mental health awareness and everything got to do with it. And uh, if you haven't donated, we just hit us up in a message and we'll send you the link. And if you have, thank you very much. And it's very much appreciated. And yes, it's going to a great cause and it's not going towards our uh, shaving equipment. Definitely not. So, so, Barry, give us the rundown. I'm excited for this one. Okay. This year was a big, uh, this, or this week was a big week in the world of UFC. Yeah. So on today's show, we're going to be discussing the 25th birthday of the UFC uh, we're also going to be looking over UFC Denver from the weekend we're going to be looking towards UFC Argentina this weekend and all the latest MMA news from around the world so we also just before we kick off the show myself and Ross are going to be going to Cage Legacy 10 that's on December 1st in the Gold Council GAA Club and uh, that's also going to be shown on Ortiz supposedly as well Ross do you know that? Yeah I think is James Gallagher doing a charity boxing at this event yeah James Gallagher is doing a charity boxing is doing a charity boxing fight at this event do you know who he's fighting against or is it just random I've no idea I've no idea but um, that's that's the same night as Deontay Wilder taking on Tyson Fury as well so uh, that's going to be like there's going to be loads of action that night big night in the world of combat sports it is but uh, Irish combat sports anyway yeah so Ross 25 years at the UFC who would have thought from UFC 1 when Ken Shamrock took on Hoist Gracie, our mate, hmm. to lead up to Daniel Cormier becoming the champ champ and everything in between. What, what do you make of the rise of, of the UFC? Like, how they sold for like four billion. About two years ago, was it two years ago? Give or take, yeah. Give or take two years, yeah. Yeah. Well, in fairness, 25 years, 450 shows later, and here we are. You know what I mean? Not 450 Energize episodes now, but 450. UFC events later. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's absolutely incredible to think how many events UFC put on. And there's been so many special people over the 25 years. You can go, like you said, you start off with Hoist Gracie, but you have like Dana White, the Fertitas, you have Anderson Silva, you have BJ Penn, Matt Hughes, 
so many like massive characters that brought like so much joy to people's lives. Yeah. It's just great that UFC actually did a really good job on the UFC Denver show showing the respect to people fighting in the past. It's so funny you go back and you watch UFC 1 and like they go the only rules are there are no rules even though there were rules they just had that to make it look cooler. Yeah. yeah. But uh, such a rise in the sport and like the sport's come such a long way because people were kind of like human cockfighting back in the day and now it's like recognised as like a proper sport. It is. It was... Um, Except for by, not by Joe Brawley though but you know. Yeah, by Joe Brawley, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy how how things can change in the space of twenty five years, um, which well, when you say twenty five years, it seems like such a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not actually that long at all, is it? No, it's not. It's not really. Like if you think of someone who was born that day is now twenty five, it's pretty incredible. Like Max Holloway is about twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, even Macy Barber fighting on the weekend, she's only twenty. Yeah, so like she wouldn't have been born at, at, when UFC woman was on, which is crazy to think when you put it that way. Yeah. So, like, it's not really that long of a time. And if you think how the sport has evolved in terms of, like, Hoist Gracie was, like, strictly a jiu-jitsu practitioner and he used to fight, fight, fight someone like Art Jimerson. Now, Art Jimerson's one of the funniest people in the UFC. Not actually comedically funny, but he used to fight with one boxing glove on. Every, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Like, that's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Remember the guy, one boxing glove. Yeah, that's Art Jimerson. And it's just <laughs> like, you just tell back then, it was like, you just took the best person out of each discipline in the world and just threw them in there and see what happens. You know what I mean? That was and issue, now yeah, yeah. you have someone like Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson who can do it absolutely all. You, you know what I mean? All. You can do it all. You know what I mean? Stand up, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, whatever. You know what I mean? It's become such a diverse sport that you almost have to look at the people who are doing it and go, are they potentially the most skilled athletes in the world? Yeah, but even look at the way women are now fighting in it as well. Whereas, obviously, when it originated, there was no women allowed. No. Even Dana White being like, there's never going to be women allowed to fight. And then Ronda Rousey comes out and was the biggest star at the time as well. I actually think if you really look at it objectively, it is the closest sport in the world, maybe bar tennis, where women are as equal as the men. Would you agree? As in, uh, well, like, they're co- viewed the same anyway. As in, like, they're view- as in, like, a woman can headline an event, a man can headline an event. You know what I mean? Like, women's tennis is taken seriously. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like... I don't mean to be bad, but, like, I couldn't name you one women's basketball player or one women's golfer or one women's, I don't know, snooker player. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can name you all the male correspondents, but I can't name you any female correspondents. You know what I mean? That's actually a very good point because, like, obviously there's a, there's a huge gulf and difference in pay in basketball, for instance. Um what else? We talk, what else? Uh, uh, football. Football, obviously. Football, massive, yeah. yeah. Only Manchester United got a women's Rugby team there well. today. Rugby as well, yeah. yeah. And like, I look I look at the women's mixed martial arts and I'm sure Shell Watterson gets played something similar to, I don't know, maybe not quite Cowboys or only, but Mike Perry. I'm sure they get similar enough pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. If not, I'd say Michelle Watterson might get more. You know what I mean? The, t- the thing is about the UFC... Maybe with like Bellator as well, and maybe other like companies that are trying to brand the women as well. They they sort of push the the better looking women as well, yeah. and obviously the more like. But whereas if you look at Cyborg, she doesn't get that much of a push, but she's also known as the greatest ever women's fighter. Mm. But she wouldn't be in the, like on the same wages as Ronda Rousey would have been, you no. know. 
Yeah, but in fairness, she's on more than 90% of everyone else, all the other women. It was just sort of like Dana White, whatever t- uh, him and Fertitta's creative, the team they made were just knew how to market the people the right way as well. Yeah. Like, look at Conor McGregor. Like, he's he's more than just Nathy. He's almost, he's almost, like, he's actually more of like a, a like an A-list celebrity rather than a fighter. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at Conor McGregor, you're sort of like... Celebrity. The first thing you're not really like is fighter anymore. Would you, yeah, would you once, agree with that? No, 100%. More people would want to get a picture with him than nearly any other person in the world. He's a transcendent star, as they would call him. In fairness, yeah. UFC, once they find a superstar, they're very good at like guiding that superstar to superstardom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like for instance, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. Uh, Sage Norcourt. Yeah. Um, well, Francis Ngannou. George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre. And the, the thing is, yeah. like, they, they can like push them. But, like, at the end of the day, in fighting, you have to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah or see, even someone who's not as, like, good-looking or has it. Like, Daniel Cormier was on, like, um, ESPN NFL, like, doing a broadcast. Or maybe it was Fox broadcast doing an NFL broadcast. You know what I mean? Just because, like, he's that much of a superstar now. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's a bit of a strange character, though, Daniel Cormier, isn't he? Mm. He's, like, uh, he was booed when... He beat Anderson Silva. Then P- John Jones. People are back supporting John Jones. They're booing Daniel Cormier because he didn't allow himself to get knocked out by uh, Derek Lewis. Yeah, it's but like people still like him. He he's definitely probably one of the only f- fighters that people are sort of like they like him one week, they don't like him the next week. Even though if they saw him walking down the road, and we've met him as well, yeah. he was so nice to us as well. I I think he's the one person. He's actually almost unfortunate and the opponents he's faced have been very popular. That's that, that has to be it. And it's, it's almost like they don't dislike Daniel Cormier per se. They actually just happen to prefer who he's fighting more or so than not. Like when he was fighting Stipe, he was sort of getting the love. Yeah. And then he was fighting Derek Lewis and Derek Lewis was getting all the love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even like Daniel Cormier's favourite chicken sponsored Derek Lewis instead of him. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it just is what it is. But look, Daniel Cormier, he's still one of the best to ever do it. It's also a strange sport as well that like uh, two guys can go into the octagon and you can like both of them just as much and you're just like you, you don't really have a you don't really pick a winner. Yeah, you, you don't have a dog in, dog in the fight. Yeah. Whereas it, with football, you always prefer one more or like uh, even basketball, you prefer another team more or NFL. Yeah, I think uh, I think a real good fight with that recently was like Jack Ray versus Wyben. I didn't really have a dog in that race. Yeah. I was a bit like I just have a good fight. Same with this weekend, uh, Korean Zombie and Yair Rodriguez. I was like both of those are very entertaining, as in like. If one wins over the other, I don't have. I'm not gonna have any more feelings towards one over the other. Well, what makes you like like a fight more? No, like knowing that like an underdog's going in, or you like both lads just as much, or if you really really like someone, you prefer to watch that. I think the styles are always gonna be interesting, and then there's just certain fighters who are like never the boring fight. Like Tony Ferguson is someone who I'll always watch fight. Justin Gaethje always gonna watch him fight. Yeah, you just know they're gonna be. Throwing the kitchen sink at their opponent, you know what I mean? Guaranteed, I think that's a lot. Uh, Max Holloway, you, you like you just like that pressure he puts on is incredible. I love watching it. Then you have someone like Brian Ortega, and you're like, "Geez, you want to see if anyone can like not let him get a hold of you?" Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and like it doesn't for me, it's I, I think I look at it differently because it doesn't always have to be the most exciting fight to have me like very interested. Someone like when you're watching Khabib or you're watching Ben Askren, like it's not like the most exciting of fight, but. I want to see can someone not be held down by them. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's there's so many interesting facets of the game, and then you got someone like John Jones, and you just want to be like, can someone win a round off? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just incredible to see. And then you have someone like Anderson Silva, and you just know like 
at any stage, there could be a flash knockout. Yeah. So I think that's just the way it works out. These people just bring excitement. It, uh, speaking of Anderson Silva, do you think he's ever going to come back now? Because obviously he was done for PEDs and he's, he hasn't been the same since he that leg break against Chris Wyman. Like he has not been the same since Chris Wyman. I, I, I think I'd love to see him fight Adesanya. I think that would be such a good fight. Do you think he'll come back, yeah? I, I think he will. I think he'll come back for one more. Um, now, I don't actually think Adesanya's a good fight for him. No. Yo Romero called him out there recently. I don't think you should take that fight either. Um, you can look, see him wanting to go back to Brazil, couldn't you? Yeah, I can see him wanting to do a headliner in Brazil. To be honest, I'm not really too sure who he's actually going to fight. Um, he's, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight at 205. Um, maybe fight someone on the longer scale of things up there. See that 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 leg break he had that was a very that's a very very tricky thing to come back from. No, knowing the way he moves and how he likes mm. to kick as well. And I'm not too sure how good friends they are, but Anderson Silver's Shogun and something like be interesting watching. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. But uh, so it's been 25 years, Ross. Like obviously we do an MMA show. If yeah. you did, if you didn't know, but um, what made you actually just get into UFC? You know what I mean? Because obviously back in the day, people would have been like, "Oh, that's human cockfighting and stuff." And it's like in your own head, you're probably like, "Oh, I'll keep away from that." But like, what? What was the? Was it an event? Was it a fight? Was it? What? What made you get into it? And what made you like stay following it? You know what I mean? Um, for me, I think it was watching the Ultimate Fire mainly. I watched the Ultimate Fire quite a lot, and I was like, "This really good show. I enjoy watching it." Um. Like, I remember The Ultimate Fighter 5 was a big one for me. I watched every episode of that, and I was like, this is brilliant. And I was watching it as it went on. And, like, Nate Diaz in the house, Gray Maynard was in the house. It was coached by BJ Penn and Jens Pulver. And it was actually quite funny, because Joe Lozon was in the house, but he'd already beaten Jens Pulver beforehand. It was just a bit bit weird in the tension in the house. And then, obviously, there'd already been The Ultimate Fighter 1, Griffin versus Bonner. And that's what really got me into it. But then I remember watching, sort of, UFC... I think it was 96, I think it was Rampage for Jardine. And then when I watched UFC 100, and then I watched sort of more background stuff on George St. Pierre, saw him UFC 94 against BJ Penn. And like when I saw UFC 100, and they put on the show, the spectacle UFC put on for UFC 100, Brock Lesnar fighting as well. I was like, yeah. this is it. I was, I was like, right, I'm watching every one, and I have since. You know what I mean? That, well, uh, UFC 100 for me was just like, right, I can never miss one now. See the thing is they they got you with the storytelling if you look yeah. at it look at it that way that's uh you can see the way Bellator the way they they started doing like the Grand Prix to get people following the story seeing who would who would win next all that sort of stuff that storytelling in its own right uh, the way one championship now are doing a flyweight Grand Prix with Demetrius Johnson and doing a lightweight Grand Prix with Eddie Alvarez that's going to be trying to tell a story as well so you see gotcha Involved and loyal to the sport, yeah. true storytelling, which is actually quite funny if you think about it. And then obviously, perfect timing leading up to UFC 100. Yeah. Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar transcending from obviously when we were younger, we both followed uh, WWF that is now WWE. Yeah. So like once a tr- something crossed over, it would have been like say if like Roy Keane or like Cristiano Ronaldo was like I'm gonna fight someone in that you would have watched it you know what I mean as well I think I was also a bit naive at the time man like I remember like obviously I knew WWE was fake watching UFC 100 but I was also no like, you didn't man but I was also like Brock Lesnar's like the biggest badass in WWE so like yeah. maybe he could be good enough to come over you know what I mean like I don't know whether that made sense or not but also he was like this muscle bound freak as well I was like yeah. he's definitely bigger than everyone so like maybe I just had my head. It was like maybe he's just big enough to do it. But it was actually quite funny. Was I left UFC 100 and like GSP became my favorite fighter. I think he was my favorite fighter of all time. 
and that's the way I what, left it. It was just like, what, what did he do? It, 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 I think it was he was so dominant, and he was, I, I was watching Tiago Alves, and there was nothing he could do, and like just watching someone just like, oh no, it was like demoralizing for Alves, yeah. and I, I was just watching him, and he was so it was it was, it was weird. I think it was because he was so nice about it. GSP and then just watch him go on and on and on and I'd seen him beat uh, BJ Penn before and he's one of the few fighters that I knew I'd seen fight twice ever before UFC 200 I was like right that's my guy he's like I, I cheered for him and I was like yes oddly captivating yeah yeah he is I, like I still to this day do not know why I like GSP as in like there's nothing if like GSP was invented again tomorrow I'd be like he's a weirdo yeah. But there's something about GSP that I just really like. I like aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like dinosaurs, aliens. And Michael Bisping. <laughs> the touch of a woman and the violence of an octagon. I'm like, he's a weirdo. Like, there's nothing that actually makes me, like, relate to GSP. Yeah. But uh, there's something about him that I'm like, I just know he's the best. I think it's because he beat people in so many different styles. And also, he never grew up wrestling and he was, like, the best wrestler at welterweight. Yeah. And he can still come back as well. He's only 37. Mm. And also, he, he was the first person to do, like, weird training. Like, he did, like, um, what's that thing? Gymnastics. gymnastics yeah, yeah, he did gymnastics and stuff like that. And I was a bit like, right, he views the game differently. I think he was just smarter than everyone. And I yeah. thought that was cool. That was, yeah, if you look at it, that's sort of, if you come back to, like, football, the way Ryan Giggs, he prolonged his career by going into and doing uh, yoga and stuff. Whereas back in the day, people would have been like, yoga? Yeah. Like, looking down at you for doing that. You know what I mean? You, like, People were like, you shouldn't even warm up. You should just like go straight out. But uh, yeah, you smoke a fag in the car and then go out. Yeah. That's your warm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it all comes back to storytelling. I think that that helps us even doing the show as well. The way the UFC push certain people mm. and then people follow their stories and then they want to hear other people talk about it as well. Because like the, the main podcast I listen to is obviously Joe Joe, Joe Rogan because he like gets everyone involved. Mm. That's even when we first started doing the show. We it wasn't just like an MMA show. It wasn't just a football show. It wasn't just a rugby show. Like we had like Gary V on, and then we met the last from California, and then like we had like um, like just other people from different backgrounds. But uh, it was something about the MMA that like told a story every week. That uh, yeah. and there was new characters coming in. That it was just more captivating. Obviously, like the the first thing that I saw was uh, was obviously Stephen Bonner taking on uh, Forrest Griffin in the Ultimate Fighter. That was just there. There was just something about that where it was as if both lads were fighting for their lives, literally, and they were technically. Yeah. And then at the very very end, the way the UFC were like, right, we're signing both of you. That was something that was just like if you watch a Champions League final, only one team wins and only one team loses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like. Both guys were rewarded for working so hard, and then um, it was like one team got gold medals and the other team got the trophy. You know, and it was just uh, it was so fair. Yeah, that you're there was no there was no robbery in it. That I was like, this is great. And then obviously the Brock Lesnar thing as well. Like I think like is that still one? Of the, that's definitely still one of the top ten. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's top five. I think. Yeah, top Head five views of all time. See, I didn't want to say top five. If it wasn't. It's like no, no. man. But uh, yeah, but also I think the accessibility to the fighters that like the MMA community have is far larger than nearly in any other sport. Like you don't see Serena Williams walking around taking low selfies with people. You know what I mean like yeah, and you don't see you know Cristiano Ronaldo taking like twenty selfies with all the fans. You know what I mean? Well, hold on, what about today? Or the other day <laughs> in the Milan changing room, yeah. Uh, but you see, like, not well, maybe not so much uh, Ron Rouse to John Jones, but you know, with Dan McCormick will stop and take a photo with a fan. So will 
Robert Whitaker, so will Tyron Wood. You know what I mean? All the top guys, like, they've no problem stopping taking a photo with their fans. You know what I mean? Why do you think that is? And it's not just because they're nice guys, you know? Yeah, but I think Conor McGregor, when he was coming up, he took photos of absolutely everyone. And, like, once you meet that person, you take a photo of them, like, they create, you create that loyalty with that person, and then they'll put their money in their pocket for you. And that's a big deal. It is, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, if, if you meet them, and they're fighting on pay-per-view, and you'll probably pay the money to see it because you've met them. You know what I mean? I can't argue that at all, yeah. Like, I mean... Like, Put it this way, if, if you went out and watched the Ireland rugby team training, and everyone came over to you and got a picture with you afterwards, and then someone's like, I'll have a ticket for the Ireland game, it's 50 quid, do you want to go? You'd just be like, there's the 50 quid, let's go. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to keep going there, man. Oh, no. It's just, it's just the loyalty that you get from meeting someone... Is impressive Yeah Like we've sort of Designed our own way Through this Because like The way we've been Looked after Like obviously You winning that competition For the UFC uh, The way Bellator Has looked after us The way Bama Have looked after us Like even now Cage Legacy Like they're Looking after us now Yeah uh, It's just They're almost Encouraging us To continue Our sort of I wouldn't say Journey but Like they're sort of Like carry on What you're doing mm. lads We're enjoying your work You know So that's really like if, if you're 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 always going to stick with the people who are supporting you rather than the people yeah. that, like you know what I mean the FAI won't even write back Irish rugby like the Irish rugby's go crack though as well though. so Barry give us three moments there over the 25 years that have stuck out with you um, see the thing is I didn't see it live but Ronda Rousey like transitioning if you look back now the way she's after coming in she came into the UFC was the first woman's champion and then uh, how that totally changed and broadened the whole entire market of the UFC as well and MMA because then that that also got women involved uh, like if in another 25 years time she'll be she's going to be so celebrated because yeah. there's going to be bigger champions look at like Macy Barber now from the weekend uh, she's going to do very very well she's going to have a great career and like that's all because of like Ronda Rousey paving the way um, people who really transcend it like obviously Conor McGregor from UFC Dublin which is was an unforgettable night uh, that that like that just got me so hooked because there was someone you could back as well from your own country as well uh, I still find it strange the way America doesn't really do that but they did that for Ronda though, mm. you know what I mean they were doing it for Wyburn in New York. I thought that was quite impressive. But he also was in New York. Like, so he was fighting anywhere else. He probably wouldn't have got the USA chance. But that was the loudest I've ever heard a USA chant. Well, actually, if you think about it with Ronda as well, she was in the Olympics as well. So yeah. she represented the country as well. Yeah. Um, Although you don't hear Henry Cejudo getting USA chance. I know. You see, the thing about America is just too big. Yeah, it's too big. It's too big of an area that yeah. they're like... And half the time they're fighting another American. So you can't really do a USA chance... Yeah, then they're just cheering for both of them. Yeah, because they have like th- there's so many different like ra- races and nationalities in America that like, mm. you d- what even is like your typical American? Yeah, you know? there is the, no the, yeah. There's no like, that's the quintessential yeah. American person right there. Yeah, whereas like if a ginger guy walked down the road, you're like he's Irish. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, obviously Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey transcending women's MMA, Conor McGregor just. Just created something unbelievable that night in UFC Dublin that will be never, that'll never be forgotten. Yeah, I, I saw Owen Roddy was speaking there the other day, and I think he said there's like fourteen or fifteen SPGs in Ireland. If that's yeah. correct, yeah, yeah, which is that's a lot. Um, another one would be, um, I'm not sure actually. What about the garden? Well, what's going to the yeah. what's going to the garden? First, that was one of the biggest cards of all time. 
And like people after we were left were like that was one of the best cards of all time. And it was hard for us to like take that in because we were there, if that almost makes sense. And I know it's a bit weird to say, but when you're watching at home, each fight you're like, that was a brilliant fight, that was a brilliant fight. But when you're there, you're just like, wow. Wow, yeah, yeah. wow. It's not, you don't like, you almost don't take the fight for the fight itself. That could be because you can't hear commentary. So you're, yeah, only, you're only in your own thoughts or people around yeah. you. Yeah. You know I mean? Without Joe but Rogan like, re- telling you the facts. But like we saw George Pierre create history. We saw TJ Lillishaw be Cody Garbrandt. And like that was one, that's probably the biggest role of Green Bantaway history. Yeah. And we also saw Rose Nam Yunus beat Yoenny and Jacek, which is probably the biggest upset in women's mixed martial arts history. Maybe between that and Holly Holm. There was, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they were three incredible title fights. The thing is that they're getting their just desserts, you see, the, the actual the fighters, because, like, their stocks are all raising the better they do. Uh, they're getting more brand deals. They're, mm. they're getting more awareness. They're getting more money. I've heard a lot, lot less and less people complain about how much money they're making the UFC That's lately. The thing. Yeah. Like, two or three years ago, it was really like, we don't make enough money, we don't make enough money. I haven't heard a lot of those complaints recently. I think it's because more and more fighters have come in now and they're, they all, the only thing they know is the Reebok deal. So they yeah. don't feel like they're getting screwed over. Whereas like, if you look at Brendan Schaub, when he had his own deals and then he was actually going to make a massive loss yeah. joining with Reebok. So he just decided to like leave. Smart idea in the end. Look how well he's doing. But yeah. like, all the newcomers, are, this is the only thing they know. And they, they love the sign. They, they love that it's like they're getting their jersey with their name on it. They're like, oh, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. Like, the only thing they know is wanting to have that UC glove. I'm re- I really, I'm just really interested to see how the UFC will move on the next few years and if fighters are really, really interested in UFC and would they not rather go to Bellator, you know? I feel like Bellator can make a big difference in the future. Uh, I know they're trying to, like, get more people involved in the European market and uh, obviously one championship now are, are going to cause UFC, like, give them a serious dent in that in the Asian market now because... Uh, or, and even Ryzen are trying to challenge as well. No, that's what. That's one thing about the UFC. They haven't really pushed, pushed Asian. on in the Asian market. And I don't know why, because they they bought they bought uh, they bought Pride, so like that market was there waiting for them. Yeah, it is quite the interesting uh, aspect. Of them. In France, they're going to UFC Singapore in two weeks, but I think just whatever way it worked out, uh, there isn't any massive Asian superstars really at the moment. So maybe is that's, that what well, that's probably one of the major issues. Is that what they're waiting for? Potentially so. Uh, now in fairness they tried to do an ultimate fighter China and apparently it's like some fella from gymnastics was on the show like he'd never fought before oh yeah 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 like I think that absolutely flopped and I don't think there's going to be any UFC champions from Asia anytime soon you I see, think that's probably a problem over there even the, th- even the way um, Floyd Mayweather was meant to fight your man uh, Naku Suna Tencent anyway Tencent yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like and we were like do you know what that's obviously involved with the Yakuza the Yakuza maybe they have such a strong hold on that that they're not really going to allow the the likes of the UFC or Bellator come over and just take their audience you know yeah um, in hindsight when I actually looked at that Mayweather thing just to touch on it uh, yeah because I, that's one thing we definitely have to bring up anyway yeah. I actually I actually believe Floyd Mayweather when he came back and said what he said on his Instagram that he never agreed to this being like a televised about about in um, you know on pay per view or any of that crack because the more you look at it, I think Floyd Mayweather actually was agreeing to that he wouldn't arrived over there in a tracksuit. Well, you know I mean, hold on, he was in a tracksuit when he was going against McGregor. Yeah, but I felt like that was a, that was like he's going for a run in that tracksuit. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't, that, that, yeah, I don't think that's the one thing you can take from it. Yeah, but I feel he would have had 
some sort of big gold chain on or something if he was going to sign a deal. I feel like you would look slightly different. I don't know why, I just feel like you would. And I don't think, if you see, if you notice the language he used in the press conference, he never was like, I can't, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the fight. You know what I mean? And he never called a fight, he called it a bout, which is a bit of a strange thing to call it. So I'll agree with you. When, when looking at him, he, he looked a bit unshaven. Yeah. He looked a bit sweaty as well. Like, he, he didn't look like... He was like photogenic, ready. You know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's it's Money Mayweather. It's not like the scratcher Mayweather. You know what I mean. But uh, he also didn't have like as much of an entourage to look like he normally does. Was not well. They didn't show any of his entourage on stage. Yeah, normally, like when it's his his sort of show when he's doing like it's all about Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean. It looked like he was like right. We're going to do a press conference on it. And I'm sure he was a bit like press conference. All right. And also, he was clearly been explaining stuff in the foreign language, so he didn't really understand what was going on. Nothing about that made sense to me no. at all. Like, why would he do it? Why, why? Like, borrow the money. Obviously, just even fighting someone like like Tenson's with Tenson's background. Just nothing about that made sense. No, borrow unless, a payday. Yeah, unless he was going to do it in a box match. But you know, what I mean, Ryzen would have to put down a hundred million to get Mayweather. In. Yeah, minimum. So, so, Joe, we should do, we should finish off the twenty five year situation, and then we can move into the yeah. Mayweather thing. Yeah, but, so. Uh, Wrapping up the 25 years, what do you have to say? I, I just think it's... I can't believe they've gone from very, very little rules with very unskilled fighters to the creme de la creme that we see today. Some of the best athletes in the world and some of the most followed figures in the world as well. It's just incredible to see. It's an incredible journey to feel that I've been a part of and we've been a part of. And I'm looking forward to see what the next 25 years bring. That's the thing. I mean, I'm excited to see, like, it's one of those things where the year sort of creeps up on you in mixed martial arts. It's hard to think that UFC 205 and McGregor became the champ champ was over two years ago, if not three years ago now, was it? I was only just thinking there the other day, like, we've been doing, we originally started doing energy, like, we enrolled in the Today FM course basically three years ago, wasn't yeah. it? It would have been because it was, like, September, yeah. if not October, and then we're in November. Yeah, so... Three years, like... It's been a historic rise, uh, the UFC and they've gone from nearly being collapsed in debt to being a billion dollar company it's very very impressive and they are the pinnacle of the sport that is mixed martial arts that's the thing they're they're like the WWE they just have to they have the sport by the cojones they do yeah and it'd, be, it'd yeah. be very hard like put it this way if UFC are a 10 out of 10 I'd say like Bellator are 4 out of 10 1FC are 3 out of 10 PFL are 2 out of 10 and Reisner are a 1 out of 10 you know what I mean yeah and that's just, that's just it yeah but they have, the, they have the stars it's the same thing with the NBA NBA have all the LeBrons the mm. the Currys the Durants UFC have the McGregors the yeah. Joneses the Lesners a bit yeah if you really look at it who from Bellator is actually a star like a star maybe Fedor yeah that's probably <laughs> yeah. it you know what I mean yeah you know what I mean? Like, Chelsea's not really sending pay-per-views anymore. And, like, it would be very interesting to see how many boys Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell get. Well, yeah, but that, that's not, that's in uh, Oscar De La Hoya's promotion. No, but uh, no, I'm just saying in terms of there's no real stars outside the UFC. True, yeah. And uh, you yeah. could have argued Ben Askren, but, like, he's now in the UFC as yeah. well. Yeah, and I almost feel like he's only become a star because he's come to the UFC. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 25 years, it's been amazing. Um, yeah. People obviously listening now obviously love it as well. Like I mean, like we fucking love them doing doing shows and 
discussing it with you and then the interaction we get on the, the Instagram page and talking about it it's just uh, I don't know it's just it's, it's cool and it's 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 something, it's something people like get very invested in because they like to follow people's journeys mm. whereas like if you look at like us sport Ma- Manchester United now like we grew up with the likes of like Roy Keane Paul Scholes David Beckham even moving on to Ronaldo and Rooney and now the team you're watching now you're like who the fuck are these lads you know, yeah. you know what I mean or, like I never signed up to be like get Flaney in the back of my jersey and they, that's the thing about uh, MMA like people put their absolute heart and soul into them into it and if they win or lose you're still like like you can still lose and come out a winner you know what I mean yeah. and your stock can still go up whereas like when you look at certain sports people aren't actually trying that hard and you're like do you know what you fall out of love with it you know yeah uh, and that's the that's probably one of the worst things about football for me now ever since I started watching fighting because like you can see them putting it all in and fighting and then when you watch the football and the lads like don't really mm. go in that hard you're like this is shit. Yeah. And then the, the ones who do lose the love for it in fighting, like, you can tell that they're never going to win. Yeah. Like, someone like Ram- Johnny Hendricks, Rampage. who would have, lost, would have looked at and went, he's lost the love for fighting. Yeah. And then you see, at the weekend, uh, Raquel Penton, you can see, like, she didn't want to be in there to win. You know what I mean? What'd and, you, like, it's very think? hard to win and win when you don't have the heart. Why do you think Raquel Pennington didn't... I just, I just looked at her and she was just fighting to me and I think Raquel Pennington's thing is, like, stand up and... She was fighting someone who's better than her, and she probably just how am I supposed to win? You know what I mean? I get you. She didn't look well. She didn't look well going into no, that. No, she missed fight. weight as well. Uh, another shout I want to give for is the Irish rugby. Like watching the Irish rugby is so good as well because you have to put it all in or else you're straight out because there's another world class person to take your position. I was even watching England against uh, New Zealand, and that standard was brilliant as well. It's just it's all about the trying. Like even if you're watching a tennis match and you don't like tennis, but if you see the two lads giving us socks. Going all in, you're 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 invested then. Yeah, if you if you watch a twenty seven shot rally, you're like that was that was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like regardless whether you like the sport or not. Yeah, I think that's the thing. More and more sports are going to go like that, and people are only going to be drawn to people actually caring and trying hard rather than people just going out for a paycheck. You know, sports getting strange these days. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's almost more about being interesting than it is actually about necessarily being the best you know what I mean some people are polarised vigors. like look at Mike Perry fought the weekend he'll never ever come close to being UFC champion no. but people love watching that fella fight because he goes in there and gives it his all yeah that's why, I just, that's why I like it so much that's why I like it so much yeah and then like it, it, see like obviously like our mate Keen Cowley's now fighting in Bahrain and I feel like that's going to be a, a bit difficult to tune into uh, even Bellator are going to Israel this week. That's gonna be that's not gonna be easy to, to get a link for as well. So like hopefully, I know it's not good for the sport of MMA for one company to have the monopoly of everything, but like it, it's also easier to find it as well. Though that's the problem. You know? Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah, but uh, twenty five years, man. It's been. It's been wild. It has been wild. That is the correct word. Um, let us know what your favorite. UFC memory is uh, we put it out on our picture with Hoist Gracie Ross's friend Ross if if the people haven't heard your your notorious story with <laughs> Hoist Gracie let let them know now so I actually met Hoist Gracie like twice in the same day I was doing a bit of work for news talk and I went in and I went met him and he was with Gareth A. Davis who's a journalist uh, and I went to shake his hand and he grabbed my wrist and I was like that was really weird right and I like I didn't really think about it. And then I went to shake his hand later at Bellator <laughs> Dublin. I went to shake his hand again. And he grabbed my wrist again. And I was like, why is he even doing that? And then I realised, it's like 
a jiu-jitsu handshake. That's where you, you start off a jiu-jitsu match. And I didn't actually really... It didn't hit me at the time, but it's weird when he does it, isn't it? Well, like, he, he, he didn't... He, he only did it to you. Oh, did that. he? Oh, I thought he did it to you as well. I was like... I was like <laughs> wrist grab. What's wrist control, does he? Let, <laughs> let us know if Hoist Gracie's grabbed your wrist. Yeah. Isn't it so funny the way we met him? And he's like... He's the guy that start, got the yeah. ball rolling te- technically, you know. Yeah, he's he's quite a funny character as well because he he it's so funny. He's like fifty, maybe even six year old man. And he he looks so unassuming, doesn't he? Yeah, there's nothing sort of special looking about him at all. Yeah, there's him. no like tattoos in his face or big muscles or anything. Yeah, and he's just such a hardcore fella. I think that's what actually happened to a lot of people as well. They were so drawn by him being so nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was only saying to Barry today, I was like, if you lined up everyone at UFC 1 and were like, who was going to come out on top, you wouldn't pick, like, the cratty-looking fella in the gi. You know what I mean? There were some really big fellas there. Yeah. Yeah, there was, actually, yeah. Um, before we move on to UFC in Denver, uh, myself and Ross are, like, trying to hit the landmark of 10,000 followers before the end of the year. So if you could shout us out on Instagram and uh, tell people to just check us out. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate that. So uh, we're going to move into UFC Denver. Uh, Ross, before I actually we go into the, the fights, what did you actually make of the, the huge UFC OG p- banner in the middle of the octagon? Oh, I, th- I thought that was a really, really nice touch. And the way the fighters, their names came up as if it was UFC 1 and the records and all that. I thought that was really, really cool. Who's, the UFC who, did a good job kicking it old school. Who do, you think, who do you think came up with that idea? Because remember for UFC 200, they had a yellow mat and that, yeah. just, that just made the whole... It was harder to watch or something on yeah, screen, I think, wasn't it? I, I think the yellow mat wasn't a good idea. I think it was one of those things where someone in marketing goes, that's a great idea, and then no one ever tells them it's a bad idea, and then it just ends up happening. It did. Se- it does sound yeah. like a good idea, though. Yeah, no, it sounds like a good idea in person, but yellow's not like a very appealing colour to get. And then for this one, look, at the end of the day, Dana White's like also the producer of the UFC as well. Like He gets the final say in it. Now, whether he came up with it or not, he would have had to okay it, and it looked it looked brilliant. Uh, obviously, it still had the new school vibes, but it also had that old school feel to it as well. Nostalgic. Uh, um, the Pepsi Center was very, very loud as well. It was a really raucous crowd. And not only that, but that's the home of where UFC 1 took place. Also, UFC 2 took place in Denver as well. So, Denver is the home of. Uh, it's where it all started. So, it was quite cool and fitting to have it back there on the 25 year anniversary. It is. Also, they had the gloves on. Their gloves had like twenty five years written on them. It's the it's the little touches that they put on it. Yeah. You know? Remember for the first time in New York, was it UC two o two, two o five, two o five with the New York things and and the New York jackets. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to look at the main fights first, and then we're going to just go through a couple of the people to look out for as well. So uh, as we said earlier, the catch weight. At uh, 138 pounds, Jermaine Durandamy defeated Raquel Pennington by unanimous decision. Ross, um, obviously Jermaine Durandamy first fight back since winning the bantamweight title. Yeah, no featherweight. Featherweight title, very me getting it wrong. But uh, where the both women go from here now? Well, going into the fight, Raquel Pennington was ranked fourth. Durandamy was ranked fifth. Obviously, there is no chance he's, she, uh, Durandamy's going to fight Nunes because Nunes is fighting Cyborg UFC 232 I'd like to see Durandamy fight uh, Caitlin Vieira I think Caitlin Vieira is ranked number 2 in the world she is I'm going to say Venezuelan or 
maybe even she's from South America anyway, but she's not from Brazil. Okay. She looks she looks really really big. She's quite long, and uh, she's one of the bigger girls at bantamweight. So I'd be very interested to see that. Let me just ask you a question, right? Obviously, Jermaine Durandamy did not want to fight um, Cyborg, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but what what are you meant to do with a woman like that who's like? Or even a fighter like that I don't mean like a woman But like what are you meant to do With a person who's like I don't want to fight the best You know I'm not too sure If she didn't want to fight Cyborg Because she thought she was the best I think she didn't want to fight Cyborg Because she thinks she's On performance hands and drugs And I think Okay I think maybe that was the reason She didn't want to fight her Draynor Durandby Doesn't come across me As someone who's afraid To fight someone From watching her fight Uh, In fact she got in there At Holly Holm And like She went toe to toe At Holly Holm as well So I don't think she's just Necessarily afraid of Cyborg but I'm not sure. I'd almost be interested to see that rematch as well. Holly Holm versus Drandomy at 135. Yeah, well, you know what? Holly Holm would definitely want to get that back. Yeah. That back. Uh, what, what's what's Pennington going to do now? Because she's obviously now going to become like the sort of Ricardo Lamas of the division. If you beat her, you probably get a title shot. If you can't beat her, you're going nowhere really in your career. Yeah, I look Gatekeeper, at, as you'd say, sorry. Yeah, I look at Raquel Pennington and think, I almost think, as you'd say, she's brown bread, she's done. Uh, she's never going to fight for the title again. Uh, Amanda Nunes broke her. And that's she did, it. Yeah. She, she broke did. her. Like she, she wanted to throw in the towel against her. And I'd say, if her girlfriend wasn't in her corner, Tisha Torres would been like, keep going, keep going. She, she looked like she wanted to quit. Yeah, I've, I, I want to discuss this for a second. It must be really, really hard for any athlete, like let alone a fighting. Like you think your like your goals and all, you want to become a, a champion, and you go every day to train, and even when you feel like shit, and you still go, and then you go into you go into a fight and get totally dominated, and knowing that you can never reach that level because you already started too late to get to that level, uh, you must be like, what, what do I do now? You know? Yeah, I think it is one of those cases where and she missed weight as well. That just yeah. shows. It's like a lack of professionalism, and she didn't like look particularly shredded when she was standing there across from her. I almost think like she's in love with her girlfriend, and she's. Just, I think she, they won't even be married now. They're definitely engaged anyway, and I just think she's happy enough to sort of settle down now. I don't think she's looking for UFC gold anymore. I don't think. She, I think Amanda Nunes beat her so badly that she's like, I can never get to that level, like you yeah, said, yeah. and like, she's just like. She's going out there for a paycheck. Yeah. That's um, what it looked like, anyway. Minus twenty percent. Who'd be better in in their division? Would Tisha Torres be better in her division, or Raquel Pennington better in her division? No, Tisha Torres would be much better in her division. Tisha yeah. Torres could like still someday fight for the title. All right. Uh, then we're going to move into the welterweight division. Uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, defeated Mike Perry uh, by su- submission at armbar. Uh, first of all, he gave that arm an old yank. But uh, we uh, we said last uh, you I think you said Cowboy would win. Yeah. Didn't you? I said Mike Perry, but Cowboys are only went into the octagon with hair and won. Yeah, uh, he also set the record for in the UFC for the most wins in the UFC and um, um, most finishes. Um, Ross, what to make it down Donald Cowboy Cerrone? Called out Khabib after, and uh, the way he had his kid in the octagon again. Uh, sorry, the way he had his kid in the octagon after, and you're saying that he's like re-energized his career. He's like now I know what I'm fighting for, and I'm fighting for my, I'm fighting for the food to put food in my kid's mouth, and I'm not letting anyone else take that away. That's a that's a that's a person you don't want to take on. For me, this was like Donald Cerrone's career-defined moment. He's he's from Denver. He's from that region. He got to lift his son up in the air in front of his home crowd uh, 
And it was a very touching moment, especially with the big rivalry with uh, Winkle John yeah. and Greg Jackson beforehand. Such a story uh, leading into. And in fairness, Cowboys Rowling didn't really overly try to answer too many questions about it. it all the drama seemed to come from the Winkle John side of things. Yeah. And uh, by the way, do you know that Winkle John is missing an eye? No, I only, noticed, I, only, I only noticed that after he did a, a talking to the camera video thing. Yeah, suppose he, he was holding the mitts for someone and uh, someone's toenail kicked him in the eye and he lost his eye. Oh, first, he doesn't seem like a very nice guy, so I actually feel that bad for him. Uh, Just that's a bit harsh. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but I, I read some like other like tweets and stuff about him, and apparently like he's like not a nice guy whatsoever. So uh, I, I'm not like gonna overly sing his praises. Very uh, harsh, man. And plus, in fairness, Throwing seems like a hard, hard guy to piss off. He doesn't seem to ask for a lot. You know what I mean? He always seems bang on when he's on the Joe Rogan's podcast or yeah. as Brendan Shaw's podcast. In fairness, I think if you're very good friends with Joe Rogan, like you must be a half decent person. I don't think Joe Rogan is friends with arseholes. Yeah, but Cerrone didn't have very great words to say about him. About Winkle John? Yeah. No, he didn't. Uh, in fairness, it was actually a great performance by Cerrone. I think they'd sparred too many times before, or rolled too many times before, that once I hit the mat, Cerrone didn't, like, even for a moment panic. If you look at it as well, like, I would have thought Cerrone was probably a bit pushing on, but, like, obviously Cerrone's MMA IQ is, is way better than... Uh, uh, Mike Perry's Mike Perry just seems like a bit of a brawler and just was able to like batter people when he was younger but when you hit that high level it's a bit like Duran to be taking on Pennington as well yeah. isn't it Mike Perry should fight uh, Julian Lane Julian Lane's a guy who goes let me bang bro yeah, yeah that's who he yeah. should fight yeah. 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 Mike Perry just wants to stand there and go like in a phone booth rock em sock em robots yeah. that's what he wants to do Mike Perry just needs to be in a phone booth you, can you, know, who like, be, you know who I'd like to see uh, Mike Perry fight I'd like to see him fight Robbie Lawler I think that'd be a good fight that'd be good yeah he, you could picture him being a bouncer or something like Yeah, couldn't? 100% But um, moving on to The, the main event, event of the evening. evening In the featherweight division Yari Rodriguez defeated The Korean zombie Chan Sung Young Boy Elbow In literally like the last second of the fifth round uh, Ross, before we go into the fight On the TV it said that It said Korean zombie bar, And it didn't say Chan Sung Young do you think it should have said Korean Zombie or do you think they should have used his proper name just on the TV? Just so. Uh, oh. Or do you care? Well, I think it said Zombie in the little thing, didn't it? In the yeah. corner. It look, said Korean Zombie, yeah. Oh, the Korean Zombie, did it? Uh, look, I think for his own sake, it's better that he's known as the Korean Zombie. Um, it's better for his marketing. It's better for his 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 bottom dollar. It's better to be called the Korean Zombie. Okay. It's easier to be said. It also sounds cooler. And... I don't think it was a racist thing that they didn't put it. No, his real name. no, 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 yeah, I didn't no, 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 no. I know he didn't think that, but like in my head, it was like if he wasn't Asian, would they have done that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what you make of the finish, man? Like literally the last second of the fifth round. Uh, uh, ten uh, seconds ago, they start high fiving each other. Yeah. Everyone starts booing, and then all of a sudden it's like knockout. Like yeah. him yeah. there, him there, forehead stuck to the mat. Um, what? I, Unbelievable! I, 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 I think that was like. A WTF moment You know what I mean Like what the fuck Was that You know yeah, what I mean yeah. I've never seen Someone land that elbow Tony Ferguson Like tweeted that From like Standard elbow bro You know what I mean yeah. Like very Tony Ferguson But El Pantera Yeah here Rodriguez What's he after doing With himself He's gonna have to Fight Zabit now Isn't he That's the thing That's what we were Saying last <laughs> week Zabit yeah. called him out On Twitter as well Did he Yeah, yeah he, was like, he was like He was like Oh you still won't Say my name 
Yeah. <laughs> Bo- did you see both guys after getting photographed together at the hospital? Yeah. It was very uh, John Jones, Alexander Gustafsson X. Yeah, it was, yeah. Were they uh, holding hands or what? Yeah, they? they were holding hands at one stage. Bestos for the rest of us. That was that, that was that was a war. That was a war. Yeah, but yeah, but that, that win from Yair with Rodriguez, I've never seen something so just so out of the blue, and like it wasn't even like a proper move. Like yeah. it's, he wasn't like, this is the finisher. Yeah, you were like you were you, you were saying directly meant that, and I was like, yeah. I think he meant to throw it, but I don't think he meant the outcome. Yeah, yeah, like no, I don't think anyone could throw an elbow at that angle and that direction, but like meant that lads. Yeah, but uh, yeah, do you think he's going to take on the beat next then? Yeah, well, I think that's the fight to make, isn't it? Yeah, would you say? Would you agree that Korean Zombie was winning the fight until that? He was winning on the official judge scorecards. Uh, I thought he was winning him personally, but it was one of those things where Yuri Rodriguez does so many like flashy things that it might gain extra style points in some people's eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, see, the thing is, I can't believe it was just literally that last second. If he hadn't, if he had just not done that. Korean Zombie would have won. It's yeah. just such, you know what I mean? Oh, it's such a sm- small margins. But, uh, is Korean there Zombie up? was like, I was real embarrassed about it. Well. I felt bad for him. Yeah. He hadn't fought in, what, four years, wasn't it? Uh, no, I don't think it was that long. He knocked out Dennis Bermunez, I think it was last year. But two before that, he had to go off to the Korean Army. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that was before that one. But yeah. Is there anyone else you want to give a shout out to? Bar, I have to give out Macy Barber, absolutely destroyed uh, Hannah Seifers by TKO. Wait, wait, Bar, you were right about her. Barry actually sat me down last week and made me watch her fight on Dana White Contender Series. I was like, she's all right, I don't see the big deal. And then I watched her fight the weekend. Oh, she blew me away. She was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. She was she was actually incredible. Yeah, incredible, yeah. At 20 years old. And she says she wants to go on the, the biggest cards. As if that uh, card wasn't big she called in Mackenzie Dur- Duran. So, like, like, it shows she's thinking as well. She's like, that's a great big profile fight for me. Uh, I was very impressed with that. Uh, Benil Dariush, like, put in an absolute grappling masterclass. So, fair play to him. And that, uh, Shout out to Ashley Yoder who won the Battle of the Babes. Fair play to Ashley Yoder, yeah. Uh, overall, what would you give the card, Ross? 25 years. And, uh, uh, that finish. The, the people well, leaving well, that re- arena would have been just so blown away. I can't wait to get the next ticket. Going into the card, I would have said, like, the best this can do is a 7 out of 10. I was like, Cerrone should be the main event. He's from Denver. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. And I was like, but after seeing the war that Yair Rodriguez and Korean Zombie went through, I was like, Great call making that main event. 9 out of 10 card. It was brilliant. That would have been a big call as well. You know what? You know what? I really would like to see Joseph Benavidez fight Ray Borg on that card. That would have been great as well. I was disappointed that fight got cancelled. Yeah, especially because that, that would have been like a very, very high standard fight. But uh, this weekend, the Octagon rolls into Argentina. Uh, there's just a couple of fights we're going to mention here. Uh, in the light heavyweight division, Khalil Roundtree is taking on Johnny Walker. What, the whiskey? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. I, I don't know, is it red or blue? Or is it black? Black. black. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the featherweight division, uh, who are you going for in that one, Ross? Uh, well, clearly around you, I've, I've never seen Johnny Walker, so I, 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 always feel like, <laughs> I always feel like someone's after making this up and it's like a joke or something. Yeah, something on Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, then the featherweight division, Ricardo Lamas is taking on Darren Elkins. Uh, that should be a decent scrap. Yeah. Who are you going for in this, the damage? No, I'm going to go for Ricardo Lamas. Uh, Darren Elkins is someone I'll just always pick against on Matt. He's... The, he should just never win. He just wins a lot. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm gonna go for Lamas. I'm just gonna go for Darren Elkins for the crack. Like, don't put money on it. But I'm just like that tattoo. I'm cheering for Elkins. The yeah. damage, the worst <laughs> tattoo in UFC history. But it's almost so bad, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's the stage. Is that isn't it? It's such a bad tattoo? It's a good tattoo. Yeah, it's terrible. But uh, 
In the in the main event in the welterweight division, Neil Magny is taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, if you're not sure who Ponzinibbio is, he he defeated Gunnar Nelson by uh, eye poke, triple eye poke, but, uh, triple eye poke with a knockout afterwards. Yeah, uh, Ross, what are you going for this one, Ponzinibbio? See, because it's five rounds, if Ponzinibbio can't get Magni, Magni out there, I actually think I like Magni's do. He's very, very good cardio. Uh, Magni in his last two fights, he beat Alex White in, was it Liverpool when Till fought with Thompson? That was last yeah. fight. Yeah, and then he also beat Carlos Condor before that. So, I like Magni for this one. I think Magni's almost the gatekeeper in that welterweight mm. division. He, and he has some decent wins on his side as well. Yeah, he's beat the likes of Kelvin Gaslam, so like that's impressive. You know, don't say that, 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 that just seems like a very close one on paper actually yeah I, I'm just I'll just go against you Ross I'll go with Pons and because he's more he's, where's he from Chile isn't it yeah yeah but uh, also Arme Cynthia Calveo is back in action as well she's taking on Paulina Botello uh, that's on the main card so hopefully Cynthia gets a win because uh, she was after being banned from smoking a few joints uh, Ross anyone else on the card that people should look out for uh, is, for instance there's no one made or anyone to really look out for uh, Cesar Ferreira is fighting on that he actually looks a bit like uh, Vitor Belfort so like you'll know who that is and Alexandre Pantoja is fighting the flyweight division so if you like flyweights watch that because there's not many left <laughs> true yeah Pantoja is good isn't he he, he defeated uh, Neil Siri. yeah uh, he, he almost actually beat uh, your favourite I think before as well didn't he um, potentially so that, that rings a bell now uh, I'm not 100% sure but he's definitely fought did, did he win the ultimate fighter fly, flyweight he, he, yeah he was on the ultimate fighter oh no he, he lost first, he was the first seed yeah he was the first seed, the first seed. that's who he was yeah yeah, uh, let me just get this up yeah so that's on Saturday night uh, also on Friday night we have Bellator um, you have Pitbull fighting Sanchez for the featherweight title you have Phil Davis fighting on the card and you also have Roy Gachor fighting Haim Kozali. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you're able to bet on that, but get the money on Pitbull, get the money on Phil Davis. Don't bet your money on Roy Gachor because he seems to lose quite a lot. Yeah, he's not as good as his dad. Obviously, yeah. Randy Gachor. Uh, also on Friday night, uh, Argome King Cowdy is fighting on Brave 18 in Bahrain. Uh, make sure to follow him on Instagram and just to see how he gets on as well. Also, Lee Hammond is, is competing in a BJJ competition over in Bahrain as well. So hopefully that goes well for him as well. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Here, uh, uh, and the, yeah, sorry, sorry. And then also on Saturday night, Cage Warriors 99 is on in Colchester. Uh, Blaine O'Driscoll is fighting for the fly, flyweight title. And uh, also Argo May in Gary is fighting in the middleweight division as well. And it's actually going to be his 21st birthday on Saturday as well. So uh, hopefully he gets a win as well. Perfect. What are you going to say? Sorry, Russ. Uh, no, I think I was just saying that's where rounds up and made, isn't it? Yeah. I uh, just want to say um, congratulations to Alexander Usyk, who knocked out Tony Bellew. That was very impressive. That was a, that was a knockout. What was it? Eighth round? Yeah, eighth round. In fairness, Tony Bellew was actually doing really well in that fight. And there was one moment where he like he like put his arms on the ropes and rested, and I was like, that like it, that's what made me like. He interests in Tony Bellew. He's a good character, character to have in sport. Yeah, yeah. And he's one of the most honest... His honesty is so refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. He's very honest about it. He said Usyk was the best fighter he's ever fought. And Usyk showed he's the best fighter he's ever fought. And it was one of the most vicious knockouts I've ever seen. But you know what? Hands up. Fair play to him. That's the thing. If you're going in to put it all out there, you can't like slag him for it after, you know? Yeah. In fact, I don't think anyone has a bad word to say about Tony Bellew. And he went from being someone who no one cared about. He made everyone care about him. 
That's it. Would you agree? Only in the last couple of fights, though. Yeah. I think it was like leading up to the Hay fight, the Hay first yeah. fight. He made everyone care. I think it was because people. Was he? Did people actually think he was an underdog? Or, yeah, he yeah. wasn't expel- supposed to win that at all. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. But uh, yeah, make sure to tune in next week as well because we're going to be covering. Uh, obviously all the UFC Argentina stuff whatever happens during this week as well and uh, also next week UFC China will be on and then Chuck Liddell is taking on Tito Ortiz for the third time what? as well what you buzzing for that absolutely buzzing well, couple of 1-2 dab bods what well, <laughs> exactly yeah uh, we forgot to mention also uh, Henry Cejudo is going to be taking on TJ Dillashaw for the flyweight title and then uh, that could be the end of the flyweight division as well Ross anything to say before we obviously we're going to discuss that more when that yeah. card happens that's in the new year in Anaheim I think isn't it yeah it's going to, it's going to be UFC 233 that will actually go head to head against the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix which I'm not overly happy with but Sherlock it is what it is I never like when the two cars are on the same night no never like that no it always feels like being robbed of something yeah you sort of have to concentrate on two things at the same time. Yeah. But uh, obviously, we're about to wrap the show up. Um, a couple of things I just want to say. Thanks a million for everyone who's donated towards the mental health awareness for the Movember. Because uh, myself and Ross, I think uh, your, your one's more out there. I think more than mine. Because yours is also darker as well. Mine's like ginger. Uh, so thanks a million to everyone who's, who's like who's put money towards it. Because uh, that's, that's going towards a great cause, you know. Um... Anything else to say? I think that was... No, I just think thanks for everyone donating. Thanks for everyone for listening. If you really do enjoy the show, a shout-out on the old Instagram account would go a very long way. So please do give us one. And as always, stay energised.